You follow Sports Stance on Instagram and Facebook. Be a lot cooler if you did. Leave us a review, rating. Like us on Facebook and on the Twitters. It's a party at the Moon Tower later on. Wow, guys, I can't believe Matthew McConaughey came over to the Sports Stance and recorded a promo for us. But in case you didn't get that, make sure you go over to iTunes, leave us a good rating review, share us on Facebook, and like us on Twitter. Or the other way around. Have a good day, guys. Enjoy the show. The Sports the Stance. Sports Stance. Hey guys, welcome to the Sports Dance Podcast with Greg and James. I'm the second part, and with me, as always, he's the podcast designated representative at the All-Star Game. It's Greg Cowan, ladies and gentlemen. What's happening? Oh man, it's such an honor to be here. I gotta say, I did not expect to get this. I actually thought I was gonna go to you. You're having a hell of a season. I put up big numbers. You do. You put up big numbers every big week. Big first half numbers, but uh, you know, you bring over the microphones every single week. Um, That's true. Which is kind of huge. Uh, you set everything up. You're the producer. You're the co-creator of the I, sports I, stance. I try to do what I can. I stopped calling you co-creator because I know that you got really upset about that earlier. It's okay. On. I, I give you credit now. We've been doing this long enough. You Fair get enough. you get some uh, recognition. I, I'm kind of uh, you know I'm kind of like one of those behind the scenes guys. You know what I mean? You're a reserve on the bench though. I'm like a platoon player. I'm like your Brock Holt. <laughs> I'm the guy that kind of comes in and everybody likes. You're the guy but, that you know. five guys got injured and dropped out, and you got to come in on the team now. Hey, take any opportunity, man. Hey, anything. Exactly. You get to go to San Diego. It's nice. Good weather. Whoa, we'll talk about San Diego. Oh yeah, we a will. Prime player in the All Star Game uh, festivities this weekend, but. We have a lot to talk about, Greg. Uh, we have some retirings in the NBA. Um, yes, folks, it's July 12th, and we will continue to talk about the NBA. Boom. Didn't think it could happen. It did. We'll talk a little Wimbledon. We'll talk a little golf. And we have a big N- uh, MOB section this, uh, this evening. Um, and then we're also going to do a little bit of our what we teased last week at uh, interesting sporting events and weird places. Yeah, we got had a contest where that got some great answers. Nice participation with everybody on the sports dance on Facebook. But before we get to any of that, Greg, before we even touch sports, how are you? I'm good. You know, just living life. Got to go to a four-year-old and two-year-old's birthday this past weekend. Okay, very My cool. My nieces. Uh, it was Frozen themed because that's still a thing. I would have gone with Predator themed, but that's just me. Yeah. Well, apparently, you movie, know, movie, not person. <laughs> that would have been even better. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So apparently, Frozen's still big. Frozen's still big. It came out in 2013. I don't know if you knew that, James. No, actually, can I tell you? Can I make a uh, a quick confession? I've never seen Frozen. That's okay. I've seen it once. Is that is that weird for me not to have seen Frozen, or is it because like you know, I'm a I'm a mid twenties male? I mean, I, I with I don't no know. younger siblings, with no well, I have younger siblings. I'm, but I'm the, personally young- a fan of like all animation movies. Like this past weekend, I watched Zootopia. Okay, because my wife and I were just like we heard great things about it. Figured, I, hang out, watch it. It was I, actually really good. I like films, Greg. Like Citizen Kane, and Predator, The Godfather. Predator, okay? <laughs> Classics. <laughs> classic films. God, well, Godfather actually is a classic film. So it's game. I don't know if it's on a level as Predator, though. No, not many things are. No. Cool, man. I like it. Yeah. What about you, James? Yeah, I'm fine. What's going on in your world? Not Got much. any fun plans going on? Yeah, not really. Actually, I'm going to the beach this week. There you go. Something. That's why we're doing it uh, this evening. Um, you know, a little peek behind the curtain, a little uh, 
you know. We give a lot of peeks behind the curtain. I've little, come to this realization. Yeah, exactly. Every single week is a peek behind the curtain. <laughs> Every week we're like, oh, just a little peek behind the curtain. Or, you know, showing how the sausage is made. Showing how the sausage is made. Hey, <laughs> guys, see how that sausage is made. Um, we normally record early in the mornings. And because of my vacation and Greg's commitment to excellence, um, hashtag strive for greatness, we are now recording at night. So that's why I'm, I'm peppier. Um, that's why I'm up. I'm ready to go. A lot of pep, a lot of zing. I'm not going to lie. I just didn't really want to record with Michigan Mike. Nobody's ready for that voice. No one's ready for it. Yeah, exactly. Those blazing hot takes. <laughs> um, cool, man. So I'm glad that everything's good to go. Uh, like us on Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of good stuff. I want to get that right in there, too. Yeah. After we heard Matthew McConaughey come on in. and uh, It was huge. I did not expect huge. that. Huge. Big get for the big, sports Big dance. fan, surprisingly. He contacted us. I know. It was unbelievable. It was um, weird. He came, showed up in a Lincoln. It was cool. um but we have a big um we have a big week this week um not because a lot of things are happening in sports but because we're making it big greg yeah there's not a lot happening in sports exactly tomorrow wednesday july 13th yeah deadest day of sports in the whole year perfect time for me to go on vacation the espies and person who's going on a permanent vacation baby swimming with the dolphins down the virgin islands it's tim duncan i heard he's actually gonna become the very best at pokemon go that's just what I heard. <laughs> I don't think that I po- heard that's actually why he retired. I don't think that Tim Duncan knows what a Pokemon is, to be honest with you. Uh, I think he does. At 40 years old, Tim Duncan um, played his entire career for a single team. Impressive. Um, is retiring from the San Antonio Sport, uh, Spurs. Five um, titles. Five titles. Impressive. Uh, one for the thumb. Love that. Um, he three was, decades. He's the only player in history to start on a finals winning team in three different decades. It's just impressive. Unbelievable. Um, he was the only person that ever got Greg Popovich to be a little emotional, which is, I mean, probably the biggest feat of his entire comp, uh, entire career. And I would say vice versa. I think Popovich is the only one that ever got Duncan to be a little emotional. Exactly. Um, I mean, you could run through all of the, uh, all of, you know, the... Massive amounts of accolades that Tim Duncan has. A couple of them are uh, the five-time NBA champion, three-time NBA Finals MVP, two-time MVP of the league. He was a 15-time All-Star. He was a 10-time All-NBA first team. Um, I mean, he's, you know, one of the greatest of all time. He averaged 19 and 10, uh, basically 19 and 11. It's 10.8. 19.0, 10.8. We'll give him the 11. Um, 1911 and, and uh, over two blocks a game in his career. Um, a lot of people don't remember. Well, maybe a lot of people don't. I have no idea. I don't talk to them about Tim Duncan's college, Tim Duncan's college years. He was a four-year college player and then played 19 years in the NBA. Yeah, it's very impressive. That's unbelievable. I mean, I also just don't think a lot of people remember the fact that he's a two-time MVP of the league. Exactly, yeah. He was a two-time Like, you don't MVP. think of Duncan and go, oh, yeah, MVP of the league. 2002 and 2003. That's a weird time for NBA, um, for the NBA. It was post-Jordan, post-90s golden age, and there was, like, all these weird Jordan imitators and smack dab in the middle of, you know, this crappy ISO ball that was being played all over the league. Tim you Duncan. had the singular force for team basketball. Um, the ageless wonder. You know, I don't know if we're going to see a player like Tim Duncan, you know, from now on. You know, what's kind of funny is the person that reminds me most of Tim Duncan is a person that just kind of came into the league, Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, kind of that's like a good point. Power forward, center. center You're not def- sure what he is. Defensive, but. passing. Um, Towns can hit threes, which is scary. Yes, it but, is. But um, 
So that's that's kind of the person that I th- that he most reminds me of. It's actually a really good comparison. What are your thoughts on um, Duncan as a whole? Like, what do you what do you uh, any remembrances? Anything? Uh, any major thoughts? Um, I mean, just in general, he was just he was one of those guys that you never heard a bad thing about him. His teammates throughout all the years have loved him. Just a lot of respect. He's just one of those guys that you if you're a player coming into the league or just recent in the past years. Try to follow the path that Duncan did. Not necessarily stay with one team, because that's very hard to do now. Right. We've seen guys like Wade and all those guys go and leave teams that they've been with forever. But in general, just, you know, don't do anything dumb. Try to just, like, play the game. Respect your coach. Stay in your lane. Yeah, do what you're supposed to do. Get it done. Don't make big headlines in the offseason, like getting arrested, Draymond. Right. Uh, You know, just things like that. Just feel like I should drop that in there. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, Duncan's just, like, one of those guys. Class act. Never really hurt. He was just one of those guys that you felt like you could just hang out with and be chill. Yeah, Duncan, to me, is the quintessential guy that... um you know, it's it's tough because the Spurs have always been kind of accused until the last couple of years when people kind of got a more sophisticated view of basketball. But in the middle 2000s, early to mid 2000s, the Spurs were always very uh, accused of being boring, this, the type of basketball that they were playing. And a lot of that emanated from Tim Duncan. He was not a flashy personality. He was not a flashy player. No. But he was the quintessential um, basketball player. I think the other closest comparison, we know if we have Carl Anthony Towns coming in, the other closest comparison that I can think of would be Bill Russell, just from the sense yeah. that the guy was completely um, fundamentally sound. Uh, he was always going to get you exactly what you needed, nothing more, nothing less. And I think that that was what was really interesting about this guy was if you needed him to kind of get down the post – and make a bucket happen, he can do it, you yeah. know? Um, there were to- so many, you know, years where he, were, he was averaging like 24 and 14 with all-world defense. Um, he had a, a fantastic rivalry, in-state rivalry with Dirk Nowitzki, uh, which is fantastic. Um, out of all the players that you could start a team with in the early 2000s, uh, early to mid-2000s, even through the you know late 2010s, yeah. Um, Duncan is probably one of your number one overall draft picks. You know, I mean, Kobe's got the five titles as well. Um, you could you could make a case for Shaq. You can make a case for late two thousands, early two thousand tens, LeBron. Yep. But it's only a few guys that could really do something for a franchise that it doesn't matter what you put around them, they're gonna make it work. Yeah. Um, Shea Serrano, uh, who uh, is a writer at the former writer for Grantland, current writer on The Ringer, wrote a fantastic piece about being a lifetime lifelong San Antonio fan. And just talking about what he did for the actual city, which is pretty cool. I mean, Tim Duncan really kind of put uh, San Antonio on the map, you know. That's the only professional sports team, mostly a military town, uh, have a lot of immigrant um, families living in the area. Um, and they really kind of made San Antonio feel like a winner. And that's a really cool thing. Uh, there's not a, lot of, not a lot of players that can really make a city feel like that. No, not at all. And yesterday, actually, I heard a really cool story just to show how smart Duncan's always been. His uh, coach from Wake Forest, when he was there, was on ESPN yesterday talking about a story, and he talked about when he was recruiting Duncan. Right. And he went, Duncan, Duncan, if you don't know, if you for some reason never heard this, grew up in the Caribbeans. So when he went to recruit him, the whole thing was there's not really many organized games to see Duncan play. He was 17. So what he had to do was he called the coach up, and he was like, listen, 3 o'clock, be at this pickup game. That's when I'm going to be playing. So he went, the coach was there, he sat down, and Duncan wasn't there yet. 
and the guys are picking teams and he's like what's going on duncan showed up like a minute or two later sat down the coach was like aren't you gonna go out there he's like no not yet and he's like why not he goes listen he goes all the guys that are playing right now are older i'm the youngest guy here they're gonna pick me automatically to start playing with them i'm gonna lose they're not good he's like so listen sit here for like a little bit and i'll eventually be able to pick my own team that's a good team and you'll get to see me play a lot and the guy was like he knew if he played at the beginning he wasn't gonna get on the court for another hour or two and i was gonna be sitting there and not be able to recruit like really watch him because i'd have to leave after that basically he goes that's how smart this kid was that he knew even back then the best opportunities the best times to do things fundamentally and it's just like it never changed that's why he's known as the big fundamental. Pretty amazing, man. Forward-thinking dude. Um, rest in peace, Tim Duncan. Okay, cool. Um, so, anyways. <laughs> Good luck that, in retirement. Other big news coming out of the sporting world. Um, England, baby. Your worries are over. The Brexit doesn't matter because Andy Murray is your Wimbledon champion. Bringing some life to that nation that's been struggling. Man, they needed a win and they got one. Um, Andy Murray um, beat... Uh, Rannick in straight sets, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, the in fairness, the last two were at, in a tiebreaker, but um, you know he pretty handedly won Wimbledon. Yeah, I mean, uh, his Wim- second career title there. Wimbledon basically came down to which of the top three seeds wasn't going to get upset. Yeah, ended up being Murray. It's so, such a bummer too because the uh, the Federer Rannick match was actually just so much more exciting than the Wimbledon final. Um, just because you know there was a it was a back and forth and went five sets. They had a fantastic fourth set tiebreaker and it looked like Federer really was kind of pull it out at the end. I thought it was. Um, and it would have been a really fun narrative to have Murray versus Federer in the finals. Um, but you know at the end of the day, Murray won. So congrats to the Brits. Yep. And then on the ladies' side, you have shocking Serena Williams. Yeah. Winning again, seventh uh, Wimbledon title. Redonkulous. It's just unbelievable, man. She's just probably the greatest, one of the greatest female athletes I've ever seen in my entire life. One of the greatest tennis players in general. I think she could easily athletes. beat a lot of men, actually. I think that she could beat either of these jokers that are in this final, dude. Murray and Rayanek. Okay, no, I think she, Murray, I think, would beat her. I think she has a chance against anybody out of the top five for men. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think Rayanek and Murray could probably easily, like, just kind of, I think she could wipe the floor with either <laughs> of these Nimrods. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a really interesting time in Wimbledon. I love this tournament. I love the history behind it. Kind of a weird backdrop with the political climate in England right there. But uh, yeah. we're not here to talk politics, Greg. No. And you know what's great for England? They don't even have to go a full week without thinking about and go into the Brexit thought. They just get to go right into the British Open. Yeah, there we go. Um, we're going to get back into golf analysis. Folks. So, buckle up. Buckle up. Um, last time that we talked golf, uh, that was so quick, by the way. I'm trying to like see where we're at. We're, I mean, that was like we blew through. What, when was the last time we spent less than 30 minutes on the NBA? Never. I think this was the first. Yeah. I, oh, no. Maybe the first episode because it was NFL draft like centric. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Playoffs actually started talked yet. about the NFL. Get ready for the NFL season, folks. Oh, you maybe that's when we'll have Michigan Mike show up. Yeah, you think that we talk a lot of NBA? Just wait until the NFL season starts. Well, that's when people won't care. <laughs> so we're going to get back into golf talk, ladies and gentlemen. As you all remember, and I'm sure that you've kind of marked this down in your calendars, the momentous occasion when James picked the uh, – which one did I pick? U.S. Open. I picked the U.S. Open. I nailed it. I knew that Dustin Johnson, my boy, was going to come through and crush it for me. He did. 
Didn't exactly pick the NBA Finals, which is more my forte. We're not going to worry about that. We're talking golf right now. We are. Ever since, um, you know, we talked about Dustin Johnson winning the U.S. Open, uh, he's, you know, he won again and he made the cuts at six straight British Opens. Um, if he wins this week, he can get the number one spot in the world. Greg, do yes. you think that Dustin Johnson will pull out the win at the British Open? I mean, it's kind of set up for him. I mean, he's a long ball hitter. They're going to Royal Troon. It's a okay. fun thing to say. Okay. But, you know, the British I Open... I pretend that's a thing to me. Yeah, well, you know, it's a lot of links courses, usually in the British Open. And, you know, Dustin Johnson is known for the long ball. He's the Bubba Watson of the younger guys and more likable. Uh, and Bubba what Watson I really was. just want is him to win. Paulina Gretzky to wear a dress that was even shorter than her last one. This calls <laughs> an even bigger uproar because, man, I listen to so many sports radio shows, and like that's all some of them could focus on when it was like guys that were 60 and above talking. Yeah, and they were just saying how like awful it was when really it was just like, hey, you sound like a creepy old man because you won't stop talking about yes. the butt shot. Basically. Stop, stop talking about Paulina Gretzky's ass and talk about the golf. Yeah. Um, so is that I, you? Kind of dodged the question a little bit there. He's, uh, I think he has a good chance to win. Is that your prediction? Dustin Johnson wins. No, it's not my prediction. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna okay. go with uh, I'm gonna go with Jason Day. You know, Jason Day. I think uh, he's gonna come back around, cement himself as the number one still. Uh, you know, what's interesting is real quick to veer off for a second. Yeah. Jordan Spieth just touch on Olympics, dropped out of the U S men's team. Zika virus, baby. Yep. So now it's the top four golfers in the world will not be at the Olympics for the, with golf being there for the first time in how many years? I don't know. Yeah. Jeez. So, uh, that's, that's just another quick thing, but yeah, so I think my pick is going to be day. Gotcha. I think he's just going to cement himself. So Dustin Johnson, if he wins, he gets number one in the world. He's won two straight. Um, like I said, he made the six straight cuts of the British Open. Jason Day has seven wins in 20 events. Uh, he's you know still the number one. And he finished tied for fourth last year. And he was basically one stroke out of a playoff when they played off at St. Andrews. So Dustin Johnson and Jason Day are phenomenal picks. Yeah, I mean, I have a dark horse. My pick. Can I, can I quickly say I'm a dark horse? I suppose. I was about to... I, I was Actually, kind of, no. I want to hear your pick. Maybe it's my building up. I'm sorry. There was some drama. It's my bad. There was some theater in the, here. Well, but this you know adds what? No, no, more you to know it. What? No, 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 no. You know what? What's your fucking dark horse? Tell me your dark horse. Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy? <laughs> I know he's one of the top golfers, but man, and it seems like lately he, he just can't figure it out. Yeah, I'm majors. all set. Thank you, for, thank you for interrupting... You're welcome. ...my build-up for that ridiculous statement. Okay, you know what? So, see if you can nail it on the head again. Nailing on the head again, folks. All right, you ready for this pick? I am. Adam Scott. I don't hate it. Adam Scott. He has uh, his last four finishes at Opens where he was tied for 10th, tied for 5th, tied for 3rd, and then he finished 2nd. That's really good. Uh, when he was at the U.S. Open, he was in the top 20. That's pretty good. Um, I like Adam Scott. I like that he has a name that's similar or that's exactly the same as the guy from Parks and Recreation, which is a great show. Um, he was in a pretty funny, funny or die video based on that name swapping thing. Uh, and I've seen, I've read a couple articles very briefly before we got on this podcast. Because I'm again, I'm not a huge golf guy. Let's say Adam Scott is someone to watch out for. So I'm going with Adam Scott. Dustin Johnson is the, uh, is the easy pick. Jason Day is the safe pick. Adam Scott is the pick for the British Open. I'm not going to lie. I kind of liked how you just did that. Yeah, boom. But real quick, is there any relation from Adam Scott from Parks and Rec to Michael Scott 
from The Office. None. Like cousins? Because Adam Scott is a real person and Michael Scott is a... Adam Scott's the name of the actor and Michael Scott's the name of the character. I don't care. Okay, well, <laughs> clearly. Um, cool. That was talking golf. Hey, Greg, great golf talk. Good good, good on you, James. You know what? Great British talk. We had yeah. some phenomenal British... That's the most British talk we've had in a while. Yeah, fantastic. Ever. Um, you know, it's a good thing that, you know, one of us is really good at accents. You... Uh, you know, yeah, good thing I didn't pull him out because you know people would just be like, "Wait, is that Matthew McConaughey again doing some?" Uh, I know voice if only, acting. If only I was able to actually do accents, you know what I mean? Yeah, like a southern fantastic. one or something like that. Um, it, I mean, Matthew's not here anymore, so that just kind of it feels like an oversight that we didn't actually interview him. No, yeah, I feel like we should have <laughs> instead of him just doing. Yeah, that promo. new movie come out recently. Yeah, um, giving him some hype. All right, cool, man. Um, so that was Wimbledon. Now we're going to basically get into the meat of our conversation. Um, this is going to be a big old MLB-centric segment of the podcast, ladies and gents. I'm excited. So uh, we had a couple cool things happen in the MLB. We're at All-Star Weekend. Um, so we're going to talk about the Home Run Derby. We're going to talk about the All-Star Game. All-Star Week. All-Star Week. It's a Tuesday. Whatever. <laughs> it's it's my kind of weekend, baby. That's true. I mean, you are going on vacation, so it's Head like a beach. weekend. Um. And then we're going to basically end this segment here by uh, going over basically everything in the MLB, doing predictions going forward. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk division winners. We're going to talk World Series predictions. We're going to talk MVP predictions and Cy Young predictions. We're going to talk a little home run derby. Yeah. I don't even know if we're going to have time for all this. We're going to try to fit it all in. First and foremost, Greg, you watched a home run derby last night? Oh, I did. It was great. Wow. Um, Giancarlo Stanton. Scary. 61 dingers. Just... I mean, people did say he was going to hit 60 home runs in a season one year. I just didn't think it was going to all happen in one day. Um, I got to say something that's relatively blasphemous to almost nobody besides myself. Okay. Giancarlo Stanton has the best swing I've seen since Ken Griffey Jr. I don't think a lot of people would argue with that. That is the sweetest swing in the entire game, Greg. And he hits it about the same distance. It's just like every single every single swing was like 500 feet to left field, left oh, center. Oh, it's nuts. He, was it hitting, was, he hit him out of the park, literally. It was just fantastic to watch. That dude's an animal. Yeah, and it looks like he's finally kind of maybe figuring it out towards the end of the first half. He yeah. finally started to pick it up a little bit. He struggled a little bit in the beginning. Couple but. things about the home run derby I really like, and actually, based on last week's podcast, I bet that people were probably pretty confused and like, James, you're anti All Star Week, you're anti MLB All Star. I thought you were. No, I love the All Star game. You had which signs why, all around you. This is why I am upset about the MLB's just total desecration of this sacred event. The home run derby? Well, no, the home run derby is great. They actually made it a lot say. better. I love the... Okay, so a couple things. I'm going to run through the things I loved about the Home Run Derby. All right. Second year in a row with the shot clock. I love the shot clock. Great idea. Um, this is fantastic. More dingers is more, you know, smiles from James. Um, other thing I love. I love the retro unis. I love those San Diego Padre retro unis. I like that 70s nostalgia. You're looking at me like I'm crazy, but I love it. I mean, I get why you love it. I, there is a sense that makes you go tingle a little bit, but at the same time... They're just hideous. <laughs> no, they're not hideous. Absolutely not. All the colors are correct. Um, the The font is fantastic. Um, you know, it just looked great. The regular San Diego Padre uniforms are very bland to me. Well, that's true. Except okay. when they go army. When they go with the fatigues, I kind of like it. I don't mind the fatigues. Um, big, big military town. But give me that retro, give me that retro 70s look. You'll take it every time. Yep, exactly. 
Um, okay, cool. Other things I love about the Home Run Derby. Um, so besides Giancarlo Stanton's swing. Good Lord was... Uh, I, I, don't, I don't ever really get to watch... I mean, I get to watch it a little bit, but I don't watch the Miami Marlins very much, so I didn't get to see Stanton very much. I definitely don't watch San Diego. I sure as hell do not watch that team. Is San Diego ever actually on TV? I don't know. Probably not. I just think Don Orsillo's voice is just echoing into nothingness. Oh, don't even bring it up. I know, I'm sorry. Too soon. Too soon? But what I like about this is that um, I get to see Petco in a really fun setting. Yes. Petco Park. And even though it's not really like a hitter's ballpark, you know, with the home run derby it obviously is, but man, having setting this thing against Southern California is a phenomenal idea, and I think they should do it every single time. They should. I mean... Just the if you're a right-handed hitter, that's your ballpark. As you saw, basically every guy that advanced was a righty. Yeah, I mean, which is fine because that side of the ballpark way more exciting to see home runs hit. Exactly, you had people in that tower, that beautiful building. screen, the palm awesome. trees. Exactly, Fantastic. I loved it. Um, I, I, you know, all due respect to Kansas City and Arizona and wherever the hell else they had the All Star game in the last couple of years. Have it in San Diego or Los Angeles like every year. Give me, give me Southern California baseball weather. I love that. Give me Boston sometimes. I don't know, man. Have just you been for to, nostalgia. Have you been to Fenway recently? I mean, I, I go to at least a f- two or three times a year. It's like not like I love. Okay, so first of all, I love Fenway. I mean, you have. It's to. It's not equipped to have a massive amount of people there for an All Star game. It's just no. not. By um, the way, if you hear some water running, that's our buddy Hootie. Hey, Hootie. All right, yeah, be shy. Whatever, that's cool. No worries. <laughs> um, looking good with a new haircut. Hey, didn't we? We did host we the All-Star game, game in 99. And that was the extent of Hootie's baseball knowledge. Woo. Very, very impressed. Impressive by all. If you don't know, I mean, that's a, that's a home run for Hootie. Um, hey, here you go. Home run for Hootie. Home we run for Hootie. segment. Home run for Hootie. <laughs> I kind of love that. Ask um, him sports trivia questions. See if he gets it. Boom. Boom. Cool. Coming um, at you so in what it, weeks. So, yeah, Giancarlo Stanton loved it. Loved every second of it. Guy is, like has the sweetest swing in all of baseball. And I had a, just a blast watching it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on everything of that. I think the best thing about it was the fact that the two finalists, neither of them are all-stars this year. Yeah, They just literally came for the home runs and left. Hopefully this gets uh, Stanton out of his funk, right? Because he was like having like a historically bad start of the season. Yeah, I mean, it w- it's been not great. Yeah. But I got to say, I did love seeing Todd Frazier back in the finals. He's from my original hometown where I grew up in Jersey, Little League World Series champions. Had to love it a little bit. Yeah, I love that. All right, cool, man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was great. All right, very nice. So we love the Home Run Derby. Um, and then we have the All-Star Game tonight, which is basically a big old David Ortiz love fest. Like, for Red Sox fans, this is baseball porn, is watching everyone talk about how much David Ortiz is the greatest player. Yeah, I mean, I just saw he was just up a few minutes ago because we are doing this while the game's going on. And everybody on both teams was up on the dugouts watching, yeah. just seeing what happened. I mean, he he grounded out to first, but... What are you going to do? All I know is I hope Jose Fernandez gets to pitch to him, because I don't know if you heard, but Jose Fernandez basically said, listen, if I get to face Ortiz, I'm gonna I get fastballs. it. I'm just going to groove fastballs. Yeah. I don't care that home field's on the line. And he doesn't, because guess what? Marlins aren't making the World Series. I don't like that at all, but whatever. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So uh, anything else about the All-Star game that we want to uh, talk about before we uh, kind of move on? Pete Rose is a commentator. Oh, I love Pete Rose, man. Love it every year. This is, uh, he was a commentator for the World Series, too, and he's fantastic, dude. He's just like, he's a perfect amount of curmudgeon. 
Um, I love my my comment uh, my commentators to be like a little curmudgeon and old and and kind of like you know cranky. Exactly. I want him to be a little cranky. I want him to tell him that you know his time's better than our time. You know that's kind of half the fun of baseball. It is especially with Pete Rose because he is the hit king. Yeah, he's not in the exactly. Hall of Fame, so there's just so many different like underlying stories that just yeah. all bundle up into his like anger and curmudgeonness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like uh, he was um, he was doing the pregame show for the All Star Game, which is happening literally right now as we speak. He was doing the pregame show for the All Star Game, and uh, you know he was asked like, "Is David Ortiz a, a Hall of Famer?" And Pete Rose goes, "Ah, uh, yeah, 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 borderline because of how many hits he has." And it's like, the, the hit king can't let it go, huh? No. And it's like, hey, Pete, you do know he has like 2,000 few hundred. Oh, I love like, it. All right, cool. Let him in. <laughs> so, All-Star Game, we like. Uh, I'm a big fan of All-Star Games. I like the spectacle. Um, you just don't need to make it count, okay? God damn it, you don't need to make it count. It's, all right, anyway. It's going to count. It's going to count forever. Okay. So, the reason why we want to talk about all this MLB stuff is because we want to do a little mid-season recap and a little predictions going forward. We're going to basically go through every single division um, right now and kind of pick our winners. We're going to pick our two wild card spots. We're going to do that last. And then we're going to pick uh, World Series predictions. We're going to do MVP predictions. And then we're going to do Cy Young predictions. It's a big, big ask of us, Greg. And we really have already gone... Uh, almost a half hour without even kind of mentioning this stuff. So Sorry, we can send a, spend a sound like 20 minutes on this. We're going to make it happen, man. Cool. Um, let's start with the American League as we do. Um, we're going to start in the American League East, Greg. Right now we have the Baltimore Orioles are uh, ahead in the division. Uh, they're two games up on the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. Yankees are five and a half back, and Tampa Bay is in the bottom there at 15 and a half. Um, what are your thoughts going forward? What do you think about the division? And who do you think is going to pull it out in the end? Uh, I mean, thoughts on the division, it's kind of where we expected Boston, Baltimore, Toronto at the top. People kind of knew the Tampa Bay Rays and Yankees were going to struggle a little bit this year. I don't think people saw the Yankees even being this good. At least I didn't. Yeah, they made some interesting moves this offseason. They thought their pitching was going to be a little short up. But uh, since, it's going to sound terrible, since CC basically didn't pitch in the playoffs last year, I feel like that pitching staff, without him being CC of old and had him all his issues, you know, hopefully that's all behind him and everything. But then you have Tanaka with the arm issues. He can't pitch on the regular day's rest. It's been shown that every time he gets five days rest, he's lights out. But if he does normal pitching, like days rest off, four days, he's just awful. So they're pitching. Their ace can't pitch on normal, you know, breaks, which is an issue because if they somehow make the playoffs... He wouldn't be able to pitch more than once in every five-game series and only twice in seven-game series where you see guys in the past like Bumgarner, Kurt Schilling did it, all these big-time guys that when your team needs you, you step up, you pitch on short rest, you go out there, you give it your all. So, I mean, their pitching is not going to help them. So the Yankees down. My thoughts overall is it's going to be kind of basically Baltimore, Boston, Toronto fighting till the very end. I think Boston, I might be a homer, but I think if their pitching gets figured out even just a little, they're going to come away with it. That's fair. I like it. Okay, so you have Boston winning the AL East. Um, for me going forward, I like, um, I like this Toronto team. Um, the offense is still there. Um, I've got a, uh, an interesting take on um, you know, what's going to happen in the MVP race, but Josh Donaldson's having another fantastic season. Um, once the pitching gets figured out for these guys, I really think they're going to do very well. 
Um, they're in the top five in run differential this year, which is a huge, important metric if you're going to have any kind of success in this league. Um, and they're really one of the only, um, I think they're one of, uh, they're one of two AL teams that are in the top 100 in run, uh, uh, top 30 in, uh, excuse me, they're one of two AL teams that are in the top five in run differential this season. Um, and I think that bodes really well for them going forward. Uh, I like this Toronto team. I'd obviously love to see the Red Sox pull it out. Um, I don't totally believe in Baltimore. Uh, I think they've had some fantastic, they got a great team over there. They've got Trumbo, they've got Weeders, they've got Machado. Uh, so they have a really solid base over there. I don't trust the pitching enough on that team to actually have them um, kind of pull it out. And that's kind of saying something, especially from a Boston fan right now. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that Baltimore, or excuse me, I think that Toronto is going to end up pulling out the division uh, and winning the AL East. I mean, one of those three top teams right now, it won't be shocking to anybody if any of those three take it. Take it basically. Right. Okay, cool. AL Central. Right now we have Cleveland is winning the division. Uh, Detroit is six and a half back, followed closely by the Chicago White Sox, who are seven back. The Kansas City Royals, which are seven back. And the Minnesota Twins are holding up the bottom there, 17 and a half back. Cleveland on a hot streak, Greg. Um, what do you have uh, going forward for the AL Central? It's Cleveland's road, and we're just living in it, James. I mean, plain <laughs> and simple. The Indians... They're, I think it's their year right now, at least, to win the Central. Uh, people have been di- predicting it for the past two or three years, waiting for this team to just figure it out. They have a three-headed monster at the top of their rotation. They got Kluber, they got Carrasco, and they got Salazar, all having great seasons. I mean, when you get into a playoff series against this team, it's going to be hard to take them out just because of their pitching. That's true. I also like Cleveland. It's going to be a little bit of a lame pick because I'm just basically piggybacking on the first per- on the top team in the division. Um, but I like me some Francisco Lindor, man. Um, we've got a really fantastic age of shortstops, hap- shortstops happening right now. Um, you know, you've got your Lindors, you've got your Bogarts, um, you've got you know, Machado's playing third, I guess, but he's naturally a shortstop. You got a lot of shortstops happening right now, and it's pretty fantastic to be a part of. Lindor is on his first All-Star game. He's a fun young player. He's hitting 306 right now. Um, I think it's a fantastic time to be a Cleveland Indians fan. I'm on the Believe Land bandwagon ever since the the Cavs kind of won. I like this. I like I like the good vibes. It's just going to be Cleveland now from here on out. I think Cleveland wins the AL Central. Um, I I could see the White Sox making a quick you know um, run at this thing, but I think it ends up going to Cleveland. All right, cool. Heading over to the AL West, uh, the Texas Rangers are winning in fifty uh, have fifty four wins and have uh, the most wins in the American League right now. Um, they're two games up over Houston, who has come roaring back Seriously, over yeah. the last uh, 30 games and really kind of put themselves back in contention here. Um, so two games back for Houston. Seattle's five games back. Oakland is 12 games back. And the uh, Los Angeles Angels are 13 games behind. Oh, no, excuse me, 16 games behind. What am I even talking about? I don't no, know. No, what am I talking about? I'm looking at the wrong thing here. That's okay. I'm looking at the exact wrong thing. Good Lord. Okay, um... Texas is Texas has got 54 wins, yeah, but Houston's five and a half games back. Sorry, um, wow. I'm just let's just cut all this. Okay, <laughs> okay. People, so people forgive mistakes, James. It's the internet's fault. Just blame the internet. Texas is uh, 54 wins. Houston's at 48 and five and a half back. Seattle's eight and a half back. Oakland's 15 and a half, and the Angels are 16 and a half back. Who do you got coming out of the AL West, Greg? Uh, it's not exciting, but the Rangers right now seem like the team to beat. Adrian Beltre. 37, having a good year, hitting two-day one, 12 homers, 55 RBIs. If he can keep that type of thing up, he's like one of the emotional leaders on that team. 
yeah, he doesn't like his head being touched, but it's hilarious when it happens. But anyway, just in general, if he can keep it up, I think the team kind of goes with him. Their pitching's been good. They got Cole Hamill. You Darvish is looking to come back. That's going to be a big jolt to their team because that's another dominant starter that they have going forward. The only team, I, yeah, Houston's made somewhat of a comeback. If any team's going to make some sort of a run in there, though, I feel like it's going to be Seattle just for some odd reason. I feel like maybe they'll just get the offense going. Maybe their pitching will do a little better. They're like the only team. Houston, I think, stumbled a little too much. They got to be towards the top to even have a chance, but being five and whatever game's back right now, I just don't see it. So I'm going to go with Texas. Texas seems to be the, uh, you know, the really solid pick for that division. Um, I got to be contrarian just because I don't know what else to say. The, the, the uh, you know, the Rangers are three and seven in their last 10. Um, I don't know. I I think I, I still believe in this Houston team, man. I, I like them coming into the season. I really was disappointed with their start, but I really like this Houston team. Um, they're just right on the edge of the top 10 in terms of run differential. They're 11 right now, and they're beating actually the Rangers, which kind of tells me that maybe the Rangers are just kind of, you know, doing some opt- opportunistic hitting, which still wins you games. You know, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, I love me some Altuve. Um, I think that he's fantastic. Um, I love me some Correa. Uh, I think that he's fantastic as well. They've just got such a fun, young core. And it, it's tough for me not to uh, you know, root for these guys. Uh, I see what they've done to build this thing up. They, became, they went from laughingstock to one of the uh, most fun, interesting young teams in the league. So I think that the Houston Astros are going to win your AL West spot. Okay, cool. Um, moving on to the now. Oh, do you want to do wild cards first? Yeah. Do you want to so do- we have okay. Texas. We have Cleveland. Okay, wait, you, you have... Oh, wait, so go through yeah, yours. So I got mine. So I have Boston, Cleveland, Texas as my three division winners. I had Toronto, Cleveland, and Houston as so my three So two out of three we agree on. Yep. Um, no, two out of three. Yeah, two out of three. You have Toronto, I have Boston. You yeah, have and Cleveland I, and, I had, and Texas. So two out of three had, we no, agree. I had Houston winning oh, the AL West. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, we we agreed on Cleveland, a Texas team. Um, who is going to win the all uh, the first, the two wild card spots this year, Greg? Uh, I'm gonna go Houston, and I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Toronto. Yeah, those are my two. Yeah, I mean mine are gonna be Boston and and Texas. So, so basically, yeah. we have everybody the same going in from the AL, just in different forms. I can't see anyone else kind of sneaking in here. I mean, Baltimore. Maybe the Royals Maybe. make a really like crazy you know uh, run at it, but there's no chance. I don't think. Um, I mean, yeah, Baltimore is the other one that'll probably, you know, be the most, uh, I, I, I'm, I guess if I didn't want to do like a Homer pick, I could say it would be Baltimore and Texas that are going to be getting the, uh, wild cards right now. Um, uh, but we'll see. So I'm going to go officially the Red Sox and the Rangers as the wild card teams. Cool. All right. Uh, on to the national league, man. We start with the national league East. Washington, uh, is running away kind of with this division right now. Um, yeah, do we need to make predictions on that division? Uh, yeah, I'm going we still Washington. Do. We have Washington, uh, Miami six games back. The Mets are six games back. The Philadelphia Phillies have really fallen back down to earth and they're 12 games back. And the Atlanta Braves, baby, you know, pulling up the rear, 22 games back from first place. Yeah, so my prediction, as I said, 
is going to be the Nationals, mainly because they got the pitching, they got the offense. I mean, Daniel Murphy's having a great year, batting about 350 yeah. at the break, which is a phenomenal. Max Scherzer, I mean, Steven Strasburg, yeah. two-headed monster, they got, the whole thing. They got I'm everything. Harper, if he starts picking up more. The Mets, I mean, the Mets are logically the only team that had a chance, but their pitching has literally fallen into an ambulance. Yeah, I mean, I could see a, a case where Giancarlo Stanton kind of picks it up this year and Marlins maybe make, like, a fun case at it. But Marlins are going to Marlin. Yeah, I don't think so. They got um, fish tanks behind their home plate. That just says it all. I'm there with you, man. I think that Washington's going to win this division pretty handedly. They, uh, Yeah, it's going to be pretty, pretty cool. Uh, NL Central, which is starting to look a little bit more interesting than we thought at the beginning of the year. Um, Only slightly. Yeah, the Chicago Cubs, who we all thought were going to be basically world beaters, are basically at 53 wins, one less than the Nationals. Now, granted, they have a better winning percentage than the Nationals. But the Cubs are at 53 wins. Uh, St. Louis is seven games back. Pittsburgh is seven and a half games back. Milwaukee is 14 and a half games back. And Cincinnati is 21 and a half games back. Greg, is anyone challenging the Cubs for the NL Central crown? James, no. Okay. Mainly just because Arietta's struggle towards the end of the first half, he's going to pick it back up. Lester's just going to, you know, keep being the workhorse that he is and right. get a few extra wins here and there, pull out some close ones. I mean, just in general, the team's just overall too talented. St. Louis has reached their peak of when they were going to have a good chance. I mean, Molina, all their core guys are past their primes. They're getting old. It's just no longer them. Pittsburgh is having a down year. McCutcheon. If that if McCutcheon's not going, Pittsburgh's not going. Plain and simple. Oh, my guys got in the All Star game after the, uh, the like the reserve voting, like Starlin Marte and stuff like that. They're in the air. <laughs> okay, whatever. Sorry. Don't but, me. but seriously, if McCutcheon doesn't go, Pirates don't go. So the only other team that could have a chance is you know not the Reds. <laughs> it's definitely not the Reds. Okay, cool. Uh, I also don't think that anyone's going to challenge the Chicago Cubs. Man, this is like turning into a lame-ass podcast. I hope we have some different kind of takes here on uh, on the MLB and whatnot. Maybe the wild uh, cards the, or yeah. MVPs, something. Maybe. God damn it. Okay. Uh, I think the Chicago Cubs are also going to win the NL Central. Um, they, were, did, they weren't like the world beaters that we kind of thought they were going to be. They've fallen back down to earth a little bit. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. Um, but I just think – I just believe in that lineup, man. That's a really good lineup. They've got a great pitching staff. Um, their defense is spectacular, and that is huge when it comes to like these playoff, um, you know, these playoff races. The defense can sometimes win or lose you a couple games there. Um, so I'm going with Chicago Cubs as well. In the NL West, your league, your league leading San Francisco Giants, most wins in the majors with 57, um, highest winning percentage too. So it's not just a fluke. They're eight and ten in their last ten. The San Francisco Giants are winning the NL West right now, um, and it's by six and a half games over the Dodgers, who are in second. Uh, Colorado is 16 back. Arizona, excuse me, San Diego is at 18 back, 18 and a half back, and then Arizona is at 19 back. Greg, uh, I think we actually might, you know, switch it up a little bit here. I'm gonna go with the Dodgers. Oh wow! I mean, Kershaw, I know is hurt right now. I think he comes back. I think it puts a jolt into the team when they're gonna need it. I think they go on a nice little run. Uh, I think the Giants can't sustain what they're doing, just because. Yeah, they got a decent, they got a good pitching staff, but offensively, their offense is going to kill them in some games. They don't have the big hitters that you know other teams have. They don't have the guys like Buster Posey. Yeah, good hitter. Hunter Pence. Yeah, but you know they're also guys that are prone to injury. So it just takes one or two of them going down, and I think that team goes into a slump. Maybe comes back down to earth a little bit. 
And I think, you know, the Dodgers, Dodgers have been doing well. They make the playoffs consistently. I think they're going to go on a run maybe end of August, early September, and just maybe pull out that division. Greg, I appreciate your contrarian nature. Um, you know, definitely is going to make for a more interesting podcast, especially when I'm incredibly right. Um, but that's probably the dumbest thing you've said on this show so far. I highly doubt that. And that's putting it nicely. Uh, San Francisco, baby, it's an even year. We talked about this. Greg, yeah. we talked about this. I'm trying to break it. Greg, we talked about this. Did we talk about this? We talked about this, Greg. Oh, okay. San Francisco Giants are going to win the NL West. It's not even going to be all that close. The Dodgers are losing Clayton Kershaw right now. Um, you know, the Giants have themselves a little Johnny Cueto, a little Madison Bumgarner. I like that combination. One-two punch. Bam, it's a good bam. combo. I'm not going to lie. They got themselves some Brandon Belt, um, some, uh, some Buster Posey. Uh, they got me uh, Brandon Crawford, who I really like. Another fantastic shortstop. Um, I think that this team is, you know, destined for some pretty interesting things, man. Um, they're already six and a half games up. They're they're coming into this All Star game just like you know beating everybody in sight. I love that. Um, so yeah, I I, I like San Francisco. Um, I'm picking every single National League team that's winning the division currently. Boy. But that's what I'm doing. Okay, cool. Um, so for the National League, we had uh, we both like Washington in the East. We both like Chicago in the Central. You like the Dodgers in the West, and I like San Francisco in the West. Uh, wildcard wild teams. Who's the wildcard spots, Greg? Uh, my wildcard, my first one's going to be San Francisco because it is an even year. Yeah. But like I said, I think it's going to be closer than the West. And then, I don't know, my second wildcard is going to be really hard. To, I have to think about this. Yeah. I'm probably going to go with, I think, maybe the Mets figure it out. Maybe they add an armor two at the deadline and maybe get another bat in there, and that just gives them enough to outdo you know Pittsburgh, St. Louis. I don't even know who else would be competing in the NLS. Yeah, it's so tough to say. I'll, I'll I'll give it to the Mets. Going with the Mets. I'm also going with the Mets for a wild card spot, and I'm going with St. Louis. I can't count out the St. Louis Cardinals in literally anything, and I know it's you know a lame pick again. It's just kind of like I'm picking Boston and St. Louis as the as the wild card teams. Only because I cannot count them out in any kind of MLB situation. I think that those two teams are always going to be in there. Um, and I think the Mets will be in there as well. I mean, when you've got the pitching that they do, I think actually having Matt Harvey miss the rest of the season is honestly like a good thing for them. Like, it, he's so frustrating. He's such a distraction. I don't think that they need him. Like, they're going to ride Cindergaard pretty much their entire way yeah, and even see what happens. Even he's at elbow issues. That's the only reason I'm concerned. I know. But I think they squeak in the wild card. I just don't believe in the Dodgers, to be honest with you. That's um, okay. Not okay, a lot of people cool. do. So, for the, uh, so we have our picks there for the playoffs, for the standings. Greg, World Series predictions. Uh, give me an NL team, give me an AL team, and then who wins? Uh, I'm going to go Cubs. I'm going to go Red Sox. I'm going with the homer pick, but I just kind of want to see Ortiz, you know, at least make it to the big stage in this last time. But I'm going to let the Cubs break the curse. I think it'd be kind of fitting to break a curse against another team that had a super long curse in baseball. It would just be kind of one of those cool things. I think having the World Series at Wrigley and Fenway would just be TV ratings galore because it's going to bring nostalgia out the wazoo. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to go Cubs over Red Sox. I'm going to go in seven games, and I guess I'll either end at Wrigley or Fenway. We'll know in a little bit, but not by the time this podcast is over. Gotcha. I'm going (laughs) with... um... The Cleveland Indians versus the San Francisco Giants. Wow. At the World Series. Uh, I believe in Believe Land. And I think that they're going to run up against the even-year Giants. And the 
Giants are going to pull it out. San Francisco wins another one um, for no reason other than it's an even year. I was really surprised you didn't go with the old school call. Of, the Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. Well, I already they already won the pennant if they're in the World Series. Yeah, right? I know, but it's just a classic. It's a classic line Whatever. Of I'm going with Cleveland versus um, San Francisco in the World Series. And I got Chicago-Boston. Cool. I like it. All Both right. of us have NL winning, though. Let's let's quickly run through our um, picks for the major awards and then kind of uh, transition into our um, super fun... Contest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, who do you got, Greg, for AL MVP? Again, I'm going homer pick, but when you look at the numbers, it just makes sense. Last year, retiring, I'm going with Big Poppy. David Ortiz as the AL MVP. He's always been towards the top many years that he's having a great season. He's having a phenomenal final year. He's number two in RBIs. He's one of the top three in averages. He's top six in the AL for home runs. You know, he's number one in OPS, on-base percentage, slugging percentage. He has 57 extra base hits at the half, which is a Red Sox record in the franchise for most in the first half of a season. I mean, he's just putting up numbers that you don't expect. The only thing that's going to hurt him, he doesn't play the field. But I feel like in some way the writers for one year will overlook that and just send him off. If he can keep this pace up, if he can get 40 home runs, if he can get 100-plus RBIs, be at the top at averages, get five stolen bases because I think he has like three at this point. I mean, just send him out properly. Give it to Big Poppy. James, what are your thoughts? Um, That's ridiculous. Um, I think that... (laughs) I think that so the the one that I always look at for uh, MVP and I think this is a pretty standard practice by most baseball analysts is they look at wins above the replacement. I feel like that's the one that people always point to to kind of figure out exactly what um, goes on in baseball here. I think that um, there's two names at the top of the wins above replacement right now that are going to end up kind of vying for AL MVP. And it kind of plays into my specific picks in the uh, AL East. I think that because the Blue Jays pull it out and because the Angels are such bottom feeders, I think that Josh Donaldson beats out Mike Trout for AL MVP. So you think Donaldson repeats? I think that Donaldson repeats. Um, I I, I would want to give it to Mike Trout. I, I really want to give it to Mike Trout. You just can't. I just can't give it to Mike Trout, dude. Um, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think that, you know, at the end of the day, you can't reward a team that consistently finishes so far below 500. And I know that the MVP is a much more individualized statistic, but it's like that we run into any single, um, you know, league. You, you need to reward the teams that do the best. And if the Blue Jays continue to play the way that they're at and they end up winning the AL East, I think that you have to give it to Donaldson. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Um, I can see your argument. It's a good argument. Good pick. The other person that I would even consider um, would be... um, Ortiz. Not Ortiz. Okay. Um, I think that if Houston does end up pulling out the division uh, in the... What do we call it? Uh, West. AL West. I think that you could give it to Altuve. Yeah, I could see that. Because he's top five in war. Um, He's second right now in batting average. Um, you know, he's top 10 in on-base percentage. I, I think that he's kind of the guy that will set the tone for that team. Um, he's also uh, second in games played. He hasn't really missed anything yet. Um, I just think that Altuve is a guy that you would want to give it to. So depending on how uh, Houston finishes, uh, that would be my dark horse would be uh, Altuve for MVP. Who's your NL MVP today? 
Uh, I gotta go. Never thought I was actually gonna say this, especially after he only had a decent year last year. His postseason was really what put his name on the map. I'm gonna go Daniel Murphy of the Nationals. I mean, he's batting three. If he can stay around 350, put up 20 something home runs, and you know, decent RBIs and play good defense, I think it's gonna be him. I mean, you saw it uh, years ago with Pedroia, basically, when his MVP season, it wasn't outstanding numbers, but it was good. It was consistent all around. He did everything he had to. Basically was like the key guy on that team. Yeah, I know they have Bryce Harper, but right now Murphy's the one that's doing it offensively for them. He's uh, you know, he's not the big power guy, but he's putting up decent power numbers. So if he can get 25 plus home runs, get around that 100 RBIs, keep that average up, play solid defense, I think it's going to be him. It's kind of a dark horse pick just because of the big names, but that's that's what I'm going with. That's what my gut is saying. Um Interesting, interesting pick. Ridiculous pick, but interesting pick. You just think my picks are ridiculous, and it's kind of offensive. <laughs> Always. Um, I'm going with uh, Chris Bryant of the Chicago Cubs. Um, I think that it's his time. I think we're ready to anoint one of the best young players in the game. Again, he's the top five in war. Um, I mean, he's having a fantastic year right now. Um, he's in, you know, top 10 in slugging percentage, top 10 in on base percentage. He's, hitting, he's hit 25 home runs already. Um, you know, he, he gets, uh, he just gets on base, dude. And he, he puts in a lot of ribbies. Um, I like that. Um, I just, when you look across the statistics of the players right now, he also provides fantastic defense. Um, every single time you look at, maybe he's not necessarily in the top five in every single one of them, but he's always in the top 10 for every, uh, uh, every one of the categories that matters. And I think that's why Chris Bryant is going to be your 2016 NL MVP. I have um, Donaldson repeating on the AL side, and then Bryant repeating on or Bryant winning on the NL side. And I got Murphy on the NL side and Ortiz on the AL side. So that's MVPs, James. Let's move on to Cy Young. Let's make it happen. Let's man. see who do you have winning the NL Cy Young. We'll start on the National side this time. NL Cy Young. Throw you um, a curve. This is tough for me, man, because I'm not totally sure the way to kind of attack this. I mean, you know, typically people will either look at you know wins. Um, sometimes people will look at ERA because they kind of see, you know, what's going on. Um, it, it's not a very, um, you know, it's not a very sexy pick, but I think that it kind of goes with my World Series prediction. I think that Johnny Cueto is going to pull it out. I mean, he's 13-1. He's got 2.47 ERA. Um, I mean, I don't know. I just, he, he seems to be the guy that's kind of, you know, making it all happen right now for the for the Giants. You wouldn't have thought that Madison Bumgarner was going to be, you know, not necessarily the best pitcher on the team. Even though he is. But, you know, and then, you know, he, he's, a, he's not necessarily a strikeout guy, Cueto. He's got like 115. Bumgarner um, has a, a little bit more. Bumgarner's actually got 146 strikeouts. Um, but I'm going Johnny Cueto. Uh, they're going to give it to him. They're going to look at the runs. Uh, they're going to look at the, uh, you know, all that kind of good stuff, the ERA, even if Madison Bumgarner is a little bit more. They're going to look at the wins, and I, I think they're going to give it to Cueto. Ridiculous. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you get one, too, now. Thank you. So, uh, you know, I'm going to go with your World Series pick, too, but I am going to go with Madison Bumgarner. Gotcha. Because, you know, I think he's just going to keep doing what he's doing. Uh, his ERA is better than Cueto. He has more strikeouts than Cueto. I think he'll start getting more wins than Cueto at the end of the season. In total, whip everything. I think he's just a better pitcher. Plus, let's not forget, he can hit dingers. Can that hit doesn't dingers. count for Cy Young, 
But I feel like in writers' minds, when they're making their votes come October, that's going to play a factor. I mean, not only can the guy pitch, but he can hit. He hit in Oakland, at Oakland, an American League ballpark. He was the hitter instead of a DH. Just think about that. That is nuts. It's true. It's true. Okay. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Bumgarner. I mean, it it makes the most sense to me. Who do you got for your AL Cy Young? This is a tough one. The AL is tough. I mean, looking at all the different numbers, there's so many guys it could be. I mean, Sale's the easy choice. You could go with Wright, the knuckleballer who's just having an unbelievable year right now for Boston. Uh, I mean, it's just it's one of those hard things. You could go Cole Hamels. I'm just gonna. I'm going to go with Sale. I mean, I figure he's just going to keep doing what he's doing. A lot of the time, Cy Young picks don't necessarily go like the MVP where it's got to be the guy on the top teams, you know, helping a team out. Sometimes they just really go with whoever the best pitcher was. And Chris Sale's that guy right now. I think it's just going to continue. He's a dominant lefty, which, you know, people love because it's not as common to see. I mean, you got certain guys that can do it, but not you don't usually see many top lefties dominating the game but so i mean i'm going safe pick yeah i'm going sale too i can't really think of anyone else who was actually going to be able to um <laughs> who's actually going to be able to challenge this guy right now i mean hap on toronto has second most wins with 12 yeah i don't know i mean you yeah, know but sales got he's the wins not, he's, he's not got the go- era yeah the al is always me harder just because of the amount of i just don't think that the writers will ever respect a knuckleballer so i don't think that Stephen wright even has a chance no i to mean be honest with you the national league they did they gave it to r.a dickey but yeah he had he had the best year knuckleballers ever had so they had right. to basically give it to him when he had the best year for a knuckleballer and just dominated that year so unless Wright really turns it on in the second half, it's it's not happening. All right, man. So that was our big old MLB prediction podcast. I like that. Yeah. I like that amount of baseball talk that we did, Greg. We don't so normally do this much, much baseball talk. Um, it felt good. It felt really good. So uh, I can't wait for the rest of the season to watch our predictions just come crumbling down into straight nothingness. I mean, we know what's going to happen, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. The last thing that we want to do before we kind of get going is last week we talked about the fact that we love – um, sporting events at interesting locations, um, just kind of unusual sporting events at interesting locations. We like ourselves a little bit of uh, NHL Winter Classic. Yeah, I mean, college football games at weird spots, yeah, like exactly. Yankee Stadium and Fenway. Boom, I love that kind of stuff. It's so we anything we, odd. We put it to you, Sports Dance listeners, to try to figure out where we want to have um, an interesting sporting event. You guys came up with some great suggestions. We also have some suggestions of our own. Um, so, uh, Greg, do you want to go into uh, our own, or do you want to go to Facebook's first? You know, let's let's do our own. Let's save the shout-outs for the end. Cool, I like Let it. Let the fans have their glory. All right, so my first one, my number one overall pick for a sporting event and an interesting place. I want a Super Bowl at Cape Canaveral in Florida, and I want the first touchdown to start the um, countdown clock for the Rocket, okay? okay. I, want, I want that to be like, I want Tom Brady to throw a touchdown to Rob Gronkowski, and then Rob Gronkowski spikes the ball onto the button that starts the countdown clock for the Rocket, and then the rocket goes up, and there are fireworks, and America, and space, and I love it. Cape Canaveral is you number one overall pick. What's kind of funny is my pick for football, kind of similar to yours, because I thought about Gronk being involved in some way. 
But mine is have a football game on top of Mount Rushmore and have Gronk spike the ball so hard in the center of the field that Mount Rushmore cracks in half, so it's the two presidents on each side and just like a huge gap in the middle. On Mount Rushmore, interesting. I don't love the idea of having a a football game in North Dakota. Is it in South Dakota? Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I mean, I don't even know why you mentioned the Dakotas. I know it's there, but... It's more of the Dakotas, oh no. <laughs> the most exciting thing to come out of the Dakotas recently was the Eagles quarterback, quarterback Carson Wentz. It's, uh, it's in South Dakota. I kind of thought so. I gotta get my American card revoked. It's okay. Right. Um, no, geography. It's okay. Geography is not my strong point, Greg. It's not anybody's strong point. Really not much is my strong point other than sort of bullshitting about sports. Exactly. Gotta be honest. <laughs> and we do a fantastic job, and we thank you for listening hey, to this BS. Always ask me to fan. Thanks, yeah. Greg. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Yeah. So our football teams are you. Your, mine's Cape Canaveral, and my and yours is Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have one for all the major sports. I do have some weird sports. Okay, well, I'm gonna do mine for all the major sports. Fine, you do that. I want it, uh, and this is something that we had at the uh, at the Facebook um, suggestions as well. But I thought of it first. Uh, so you, so you losers, get out of here. No, I um I want a, a baseball game. Right next to the Grand Canyon. Because I don't think that anything is more American than a baseball player hitting a home run into the Grand Canyon. I want the fence, like, right on the edge. Because I want not only a, a baseball player hitting a home run into the Grand Canyon, but I want someone to go up and try to rob the home run and then fall over into the canyon. You know? And then it's I like, do. Then becomes the, you know, we'll just pick somebody out of the blue. Um, it becomes the, I don't know. I actually think it'd be really cool to do that, have short fences, but put parachutes on the outfitter. So if they do jump, if they, try to they can parachute down and go with the ball and try to catch it that way. Not a bad, hey, actually not a bad idea. All right, put GoPros on like them, guaranteed awesome footage. Yeah, very cool. I like that. So baseball game, Grand Canyon. Yeah, Great. I saw the Grand Canyon one in there too. So that was pretty cool. What's your next one? Uh, my next one, actually I was talking to my brother about this. So he, it was kind of a suggestion he had. With all the Olympic trials going on, we were thinking like, you know, track meet somewhere. Track meet on top of the Hoover Dam. On top of the Hoover Dam. And have Dam. like the athletes have things in their shoes that like help electrically like do the dam because it's like all about the hydropower. Okay. You know, just help it like run it, like literally run it. It's all about so that hydropower. thought that was kind of an interesting spot to do it, you know. Be Hoover Dam cool. seems a little narrow for me. For my life, well, you, you do sprints. You use Hoover Dam sprints? Yeah. Okay, okay. I like that. My next one. Out of the box thinking. Out of the box. My next one is I want a basketball game inside the Mall of America. I want to stick, like, where the fuck they have those big, like, you know, um, totally Ferris doable, wheels probably. and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want a basketball game inside the Mall of America. I want that to happen. Uh, I want them to have, I want also, like, when, when they're, like, on one side of the court or something like that. I want like a couple families who need to get across the, the court. <laughs> I want them to like to try to run. Try to and hustle. then like, you know, Paul George takes the ball up and all of a sudden somebody's there and he mixes and, you know, injures his leg in a pretty horrific way. Um, I want somebody to spike the ball in Victoria's Secret. I think I love that idea. You do. Um, I think that's hilarious. Comedy gold right there. Right there. Um, you know, I like the idea of, you know, consumerism and the comments on American consumerism all throughout the game. I love this. Is it sponsored by Auntie Anne's? 
Because uh, that seems like the appropriate sponsor yeah. for that game. Orange Julius is <laughs> yeah. packing up, passing out slushies. I love it. Sbarro's is um, like, yo, hey, we exist. We make a food that is somewhat like pizza. Exactly. So I want a basketball game in the Mall of America. Any other ones, Greg? Uh, I did have one for basketball. And again, I thought about it before the person on Facebook put it up there. Because just like you, somebody stole my brain and took my ideas. Uh, a floating basketball game in the middle of like the ocean. Okay. But I want it to be like in an area where there's a lot of shark infestation. Okay. And just I think it would just be cool. Like just have the the court won't be stable. It'll be wobbly. Okay. But I think there'll be like nice little pockets like around where you just see like sharks trying to get onto the floating thing oh, when the water gets low. I like that. You put sharks so, involved. Yeah, I mean we're gonna have cameras. We won't have fans out there. It'll be too dangerous for them. Right. But you know, LeBron James, I'm pretty sure could punch a shark in the face if it tries to get on the court. Oh, hundred percent. So, you know, have that I think, you know, if an orca just tries to like Get onto it because they can kind of get out of water, you know, free willy over the court. Of course. Do some alley-oops with that. That would be pretty sweet. This all checks out to me. So, I mean, I, it's totally logical. It's on the earth. That was basically our stipulation. That was the only stipulation. <laughs> um, cool. I got one last one all for right. the uh, All-American. So, I love the Winter Classic. I think it's fantastic. But I don't think that they lean into it enough, Greg. I think that there needs to be a little bit more of an acknowledgement of what this thing really means. So, what I want is a Christmas Day NHL game at the North Pole. I want there to be penguins. I want there to be Christmas lights. I want there to be fucking elves. I want there to be like... Santa dropping the puck. Exactly. I want them to play with candy canes instead of sticks. That's a genius idea. I want the NHL to do a Christmas Day game at the North Pole. I don't throw that word around lightly, James. That's one I let you know. I know. Genius. And then I, I, I want I want to see someone die of frostbite, but it's okay. It's beautiful. It's Christmas, and we love it. I think between every period, you need to have Mrs. Claus come out with uh, eggnog and like hot chocolate. I know. I need reindeers. I yeah. need cookies. I need the whole thing. I, I mean, everything. The, the puck can be a cookie. There you go. I mean, this is what we need uh, right now. So Christmas Day NHL game North Pole. Yeah, great idea. So on that note, let's get to some of the people that, you know, gave some fantastic ideas. I'm going to give my shout out quickly to James Mason because he had the almost exact opposite idea of me. He did did. hockey game in the middle of the desert. I like Gobi Desert as an idea here. Okay, I get the game more international. You know what I mean? I saw that and all I pictured was steam just coming Coming off the ice. Some way like having some like device that keeps the ice somewhat cold. No, no. No, like, but just at the beginning, it has to like last a quarter. No, but I I think that they should do this idea, except you, whoever has the most goals when the ice melts wins. That's, that's, that's what I think. What if it's a, what if it's a tie? That's fine. Is there such a thing as hockey in the sand? I don't know. You'll probably figure it out. It won't be a tie. Oh, wait, no, that's how it goes. You stop the hockey game when the ice melts and then there's a rink next to it where it's like a beach ball, an inflatable like in terms of volleyball. Things. Yeah, basically. Okay, fair enough. So just have Zdeno um, Char on your team, so and you're probably gonna win. James Mason, hockey in a desert, very nice. I liked it. Yeah. So the most popular answer we got actually was by one of our big fans, Dan Jewett. Jewett coming out strong. You know, he uh, decided. I think his i'll explain his answer he said niagara falls baseball game between the usa versus canada oh i'd love that what i think he left out was winner takes niagara falls i think winner i think loser has to go over niagara falls in those old school barrels probably another point left out i Um, think this is a phenomenal idea yeah somehow build the green so like behind the catcher 
I would say is probably the water, just because that would be a little cooler looking. It'd the be whole cool time. looking because that's the whole time like you're looking at. I love that the idea area. of hitting home runs into things though. So if you hit a home run into Niagara Falls, like if you hit a home run into the Maid of the Mist, I think that that'd be fantastic. That's true. So see, I was thinking on top. They were on top of Niagara Falls. You're having them be underneath Niagara Falls. No, no, no. Falls. I'm, I'm telling them to be on top of Niagara Falls. Okay. You hit the ball over, oh, over. Okay. the falls I see into Maid of the Mist. It becomes like a McCovey Cove kind of thing. Oh, like maybe like by. the big apple, like yeah. with the apple lighting exactly, up. Exactly, right. The boat lights up and fireworks shoot off. Yeah, I love that. Uh, you have any other ones? Yeah, great idea by him. And then the other, you know, big shout-out winner that got multiple likes for his is Jason Plotsky. I'm hoping I said that right. I'm not sure. Probably not. Probably not. But you know what? Sorry, Jason. You still had a great idea. NBA street game, not even regular game, you know, street game rules on yeah. top of a skyscraper. Love that. I think that's awesome just because so many things could go wrong. So many things. Could go I mean, wrong. it's going to be windy as fuck up there. The oxygen is just not correct. It's not going to be great. No. So maybe see a lot more and one style type moves, just guys doing one big dunk and that's about it. Exactly. No but defense. You always see those big swooping shots of cities whenever cities play each other. I think that you can make that same thing happen right now. So I yeah. love this idea. Great um, idea. On top of skyscrapers. I think that this is kind of what the NBA needs to do to spice things up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, some of just quick, we'll run down some of the other ones that were suggested. You know, just ideas. Game on Mount Everest for NBA. That'd be kind of hard because I'm pretty sure everybody would die of uh, lack of oxygen. Yep. So that would probably last about five minutes, but still would be kind of cool to see. Frozen basketball. Uh, you have, you know, somebody had a similar thought of you, James, that's they just took an Antarctica for hockey. And then the other one that I really liked was Golden State Warriors playing a game on the Golden Gate Bridge. I love that idea. That's pretty cool. I Let's thought. stop traffic, baby. Let's make it happen. Yeah. I mean, some really good comments came in. A lot of, uh, you know, football games on really odd spots like aircraft carrier. You'd probably need two for that. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that would make it even cooler. Uh, a lot of tennis in different places. One of them was the Grand Canyon for tennis. That's like the comment you took from. Very nice. It was just yep. instead of tennis, it was baseball. baseball. Yep. So, but the tennis match was going to be between Serena and Venus. So that would have made it slightly interesting. Cool, man. All right, so, so, yeah, great so job. we went a little long today. We had a lot to talk about. We, who says that July is slow? Nobody. Um, so not us at least. I'm going on vacation. I'm going to try to watch as much sports as possible. But you take a uh, lot of vacations. I do not take a lot of Seattle, vacations. Seattle. The beach. Yeah, but at least when I went like on going vacation, I'm doing the podcast. You, on the other hand, took a vacation and just like la di da, no cast release that week. Did you guys just hear that bus? Yeah, James just threw me under it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Okay, but we will be back next week with a little bit more recap of whatever is happening. Yeah, I mean, we'll have some hot SP takes. John Cena hosting the ESPYS. That should be fun. I can promise you, pretty pretty definitively that I won't have any hot SB takes. Yeah, I mean, John Cena's going to do a great job. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay, well, um, from all of us here at the Sports Stance, um, definitely feel free to go over to Facebook and Twitter and like us all uh, right there. Share us. Leave us a nice rating and review on iTunes. And as always, guys, thanks for listening. Hope you have an awesome day and see you next week. Have a great weekend, guys. Enjoy the show. Talk to you later.